Yeah. Well, we waiting on we waiting on slow poke. She's not here yet. You text her. Yeah, I text her. She's something else. I text her. I text her. See if she's ready. We got a minute forty four seconds. Okay, SMU. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. Oh, okay. Been around a little bit. Yeah, you've been around a little bit. Yeah, you've been around a little bit. Been knowing him since you were a little boy. Really? <laughs> Yeah, little fat chubby little boy. So that yeah. victory over a note Notre Dame, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, we used to call Tony Super back then though. Oh Lord, I don't even want to know how we got that name. It's still super too. Yes. It is still super. We're on the air right now, but I'm just waiting on our count. Oh no. Yeah, I'm just catching out with a little, little backstage action. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're just chilling. We've got 56 seconds. We'll be ready to go li really live. Okay. We'll just get our audience here. Make sure everybody's here with us so we can start our, sh our podcasting for real. How did you like Detroit? Love it. Oh, man. Yeah. In Detroit, if it was. Hey Jerry, you still breaking up? Something, something is not right. I mean, I get you somewhere in the area in her home. It's not, it's not coming across right. But... That's it. Yeah, you're still breaking up. Yeah, it sure is. It sounds like when I talk and the other speakers talk too. Yeah, you're still breaking. Hello. Okay. Turn the mic all the way up. You did? Yeah. Okay. Testing one, two, three. Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking this out. If you're looking for the best show to get your mind refreshed and keep yourself updated about educations, health, local politics, and many more, then you're at the right place. Welcome to Knowledge is Power Podcast, the show that specializes on educating Southeast Texas African Americans communities with profitable information on health, education, local politics, business and personal finances, and many more life coping skills. You can join us and start streaming our episodes to get to discover more about the community and new things about yourself. Meet our outstanding host, Tony Renfro, and our co-host, Francis Larkin and LaDonna Sherwood, as we go through different overwhelming topics, interviewing new guests every Tuesdays and Sundays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can start streaming with us on different platforms like Facebook at Knowledge as Power Podcast Live, YouTube at Knowledge as Power Podcast Live, Apple Podcasts at Knowledge as Power Podcast Live. How do you catch up with our live streams? It's more than easy. Now, open your mobile device and go to YouTube now. Click on the search button and write on the search bar, Knowledge as Power Podcast Live. Click on the subscribe button and also turn on notifications to receive a pop-up message whenever we start a program. You can also do that on Facebook. Write on the search bar Knowledge as Power Podcast Live and then you can click on the like button. The best time to join is now. Knowledge as Power Podcast is the best for you. Is the best for you.
Welcome to Knowledge is Power podcast. Here we are going specialize on educating Southeast Texas African Americans communities with viable information on health, education, local politics, business and personal finances, leadership coaching, and many more. Learning as a joint experience and through our series of interviews, we can all learn more and achieve even greater things. You are now tuned into this week's episode of our podcast. Today, we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds as our guest. Meet our host, Tony Renfro. And our co-host, LaDonna Sherwood and Francis Larkin. Join us every Tuesdays and Sundays as we interview new guests on another mind-blowing topics. Knowledge is Power podcast. It is the best for you. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Knowledge is Power. Let me bring out our guest for tonight. It's going to be my co-host, Miss LaDonna. No, she's not here. Francis. Hey, Larkin. what's hey, going on? on? Hey, Hello, what's going everyone. On and I have our special guest uh, tonight. It's going to be Jerry Ball, Jr., uh, uh, from Beaumont, Texas, and uh, born and raised in Beaumont, Texas, ex-NFL and, and Texas High School uh, Hall of Famer. Hey, we don't hear that around here that too much. A Hall of Famer from Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Jerry, we'll be right back with you, Jerry. We're going to add, go to our little spiel that we do every 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 um, week. And we've got a big tournament going on, and we need to tell everybody about it. Tony? Well, it looks like uh, the NAACP is having a Beaumont Youth Council golf tournament scheduled for October the 9th, 2021 at Bayou Den. I'm super proud of the NAACP, of course, for um, hosting this event. I think it's phenomenal for um, any organization to support the youth and just support the community, um, basically, through scholarship or through fundraising. So I think that's going to be a great opportunity and everyone should pre-register. And it looks like registration ends or it's already ended on September the 20th. So contact NAACP for more information. You can see, you can register um, through email at bmtnaacp at hotmail.com. Tony, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I, I guess I missed everything. I'm That's sorry. okay. You All have right. any? Yeah, any... I, yeah, I do. I have one more I want okay. you to, to go over with me, and that's okay. going to be the Diabetes Awareness Month. All right. So we are gearing up. Um, our committee is super excited, as usual, um, for Diabetes Awareness Month. Um, it's the Faith and Strength to Endure a community awareness walk and is scheduled for Saturday, November the 13th, 2021 at 9 a.m. through noon at Rogers Park. Um, please look for for more information and more details as we gear up for this terrific event. And for more information, you can email Miss Tamika Clark at my Clark one at gmail.com. All right. And one more. That's uh, Commissioner Everett Bo Alfred, Jefferson County Precinct number four. Absolutely. Have, right. They have their drive through COVID-19 test and vaccination site on Saturday, October the 2nd at the really Ray Smith Senior Science Medical Technology Management Middle School. Boy, that's a long name. 
<laughs> in the parking lot at 4415 Concord Drive, there's going to be free food giveaway, COVID-19 vaccine, no registration required for vaccine, uh, COVID-19 testing, uh, registra uh, registration required testing. Please call 409-926-9529 to register. Also, they're going to have those there for blood drive, blood pressure, and blood sugar checks, and voters registration, and flu shots. So please have your ID and your insurance card available. A limited number of vouchers will be available for people who do not have insurance. Oh, wow. That's right. terrific. And now I will bring on our guests tonight. All right. I'm excited. Big number 93, the icebox, Jerry Ball. <laughs> Hello, Jerry. Come on. Hey, all right. Let's go. Let's get bringing Jerry on here. I'm going to clear, clear this out. There we go. All right. Hello, Jerry. Hey. Welcome, Jerry. Can you hear us, Jerry? I think you got my mic on. Oh, your mic is on, cuz. We there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. We've got to be talking to our good friend, Jerry Ball Jr. He's joining us tonight as we talk about a topic of things. Um, uh, and, and, and it is something I was, uh, Francis is uh, my co host, and she's from the East Texas area, and she said, well, who is this guy that we are? We got, we have it on the show. I said, you mean you don't know Jerry, the big box? She said, no. I do now. I said, let me see your bio. Let me see your bio to you. Right, now you know, huh? It was so interesting, I couldn't get started. All right, Jerry, we, we thank you, Jerry, for joining us. When we have so many guests on, and I'm experiencing so much in what I'm saying uh, in my podcast. I tried to put add music. I tried to do the production in the background. And you know, old head like me, we can't do that no more, cuz. We can't do it like we used to do it. So I would do the best I can. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Ball Jr. Hello, Jerry. And you still on mic. Hold He's on, muted. Hold on. You still muted. You're muted. I'm telling you. I'm not muting you. <laughs> you mute yourself. <laughs> right. All right, let's try Get this. it together, Tony. Let's try that. I'm not muting him. He's muting himself. There you go. Now you're going out again. Let's do this, Jerry. You're still muting now. Let's go do this. Let's do, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to eliminate some of this stuff here and see if this will work. Uh, let's see here. No, it won't work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, now you're back on. Now you're checked out and checked out again. But we'll be right back with Jerry, okay, guys? <laughs> He's having a little technical difficulty with his uh, his computer on his end, so he'll be right back with us in a second. I don't know what's wrong with his. I don't know what's wrong with his equipment. So maybe we can do it this way. I'm going to change it up. Come back with it, and I uh, let's see here. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, while we're doing this, um, uh, Francis, we're waiting on Jerry to come back. Oh, yeah. Just kind of brushes over his bio. Oh, his bio. I am fascinated um, by his bio. He has a very extensive bio, I mean, filled with philanthropic opportunities. He has, I mean, he's played in the NFL for a, a number of seasons. I am thoroughly impressed because I am a um, somewhat of a football buff. Don't ask me about the stats, okay? Ask me about the players, not their stats. But I'm I'm just um, pretty much blown away to see that South, well, that Beaumont, especially Westbrook, um, has such a phenomenal 
No yeah. shot, no shot. It wasn't a shot. Yes, it was. <laughs> Had such an outstanding person. So it's my honor and a pleasure to meet you tonight, sir. I, I, I appreciate the hospitality. Uh, prior to getting on there, I would tell you guys that she threw a couple of shots at Beaumont and that she's from Jasper. <laughs> I had to let her know that we never lost Jasper. It, it came pretty close, though. I'm I'm quite sure it was before my time, but I'm we, sure we it wasn't got playing horseshoes. It got pretty heated out there, Tony. Tony. We can barely hear you. Really? Can you hear me yeah. now? You're back. I'm back. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong? My, what's going on here? Let me find out what's going on here. With my equipment here. My, my equipment's kind of. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, you gotta be able to hear me by now. I anyway, can hear you. Yeah. All right, guys. We are. Let's 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 talk with Jerry tonight. And Jerry's gonna. We're gonna talk about a little bit of your career highlights and no, notable recognitions. And um, um, just tell us a little bit about that, Jerry, because we got a lot. We've got a lot to cover tonight. So let's. Oh keep, yeah. Let's get it moving. Okay. So, it's it's you, Jerry. Hey, well, you know, it's always great. To one deal with any aspect of home, and being a guy from Beaumont in the Golden Triangle, you know we definitely you know walk around with the pride of Texas, Southeast Texas, in front of it, you know. And I and I tell you, you know, just having an opportunity to play ball there in that area and really learn the foundation is one of the best places in the world. You know, I, I love the area, I love the people. And, you know, as it relates to just how it's helped me move forward, the best things ever I learned in life came from down there, and that's the good and the bad, you know? So we're definitely proud to be from Southeast Texas and Beaumont and, and representing the home folks, how Archer specific, All right. Silver City. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, tell us a little bit about your family. Give us an update on your family, Jerry. Well, uh, actually, uh, three adult daughters and, and actually have three grandkids. You know, it takes up a large part of my, my time now, you know, spending time with them. I remember growing up and you know, before I got married, I wanted, you know, in my mind, how, how were my kids? Then once my kids got grown and to a certain level, I was like, Lord, let me see my grandkids. And he's blessed me to do that. And I, I'm very thankful, but so it's a real good place in my life right now, you know, just having them and being around. Got two grandsons and one granddaughter, Heidi, Elijah, and River. <laughs> what was the last name? What was the last one? River. River, okay. Now, is yeah. that a nickname or is that his name? No, no, that is his name. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. His name is River. Hey, well, you man, know, you know, Jerry, you grew up in the old school. You were the last part of the old school football. Okay, uh, you, you know, we that was the, you, it was, it was, it was in the sixties. It was the late sixties. It was the early seventies and the late seventies. And you came out in eighty three, eighty two, and you uh, was a defense lineman and fullback. Uh, uh, and, and you was a fullback rushing for over one hundred yards. 
1,000 yards. I'm it's, I was going to say, yeah, 1,000. Yeah, 1,000. Yeah, for the 1982 <laughs> 5A state championship at Westbrook. That's when Hebert and Westbrook merged that year, that first year yeah. of that. So well, I'm, asked, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. You know, you're the last of the last of the good old days of football. Um, it's, it's football has changed. It, the kids have changed. School, everything has changed. Um, when we was going through uh, school and going to college, playing football, playing sports, we uh, we weren't paid. Uh, we didn't have sponsorship. We didn't have a so. I want to talk. I want you to talk to the parents of those that is watching and hoping to be watching and listening. Uh, what they can look at now because things have changed. It's not the same old football right. that we we we're accustomed to. Different world, man. I tell you, Tony. I, I definitely appreciate you uh, liveing that to me because I think it is very critical in our community, specifically because we've got so many talented players, but throughout the country with the youth. But before I get into it, I, I do want to say one thing that I'm proud of. You know, I went to Hebert High School, but also I scored the last touchdown in Hebert High School history. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that, and that's that's big for me, you know, because I wanted to play for Hebert all my life growing up as a kid and to score the last touchdown in the school history. That's something that I, I care just as proud as anything else. But um, going to the kids, you know, during the time when we came through, the, of course, you guys know I went to SMU and they had the penalty. And, you know, a lot of it had to do with what during the time was considered illegal payments. And and really, when you start looking at sports, as you look in the modern day, you have to recognize that game has changed, but the business sports has changed. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times, you know, people talk about the competitive spirit and stuff, but then that's what's called the competitive edge. And part of that competitive edge is making sure that your player or your team has resources and have access to the best of the best. And I think one of the things that, you know, it does with, in being able to help these kids get some remuneration, but it also gives them an opportunity to kind of have a good a good base and a good platform. When I was in college, as an example, you know, I was married as, in my junior year and I had a kid, but because I was on scholarship, I couldn't go get a job. But then they'll tell an athlete, hey, look, you know, you get the same benefit of the other student. Well, that's not true because the other student can be married and he can go get a job. If he has a kid, the kid still needs to eat. You know, so that was one of the things that was very antiquated in, mm -hmm. in, in CAA's approach because they wasn't really taking the, the human dynamic into how they were making decisions. Now, when, when, but getting more towards to the real specific issues, if, if I'm talking to parents and I'm talking to the kids, the, one of the key things that you have to do is understand intellectual property. Intellectual property is this very thing that you guys call my brand, you know, your name, what you associate yourself with. But the intellectual property is actually the things that, like when you see Jordan Brand, he owns Jordan Brand, he owns that name, and then he's parting that, that brand and that name, which is an intellectual property, 
with Nike and they have a partnership. Well, that gives the players now the very same latitude to do that at a local level where you might have a guy that has a restaurant and he wants to get it, you know, notarized. Well, he wants to get it noticed, let's say, at the football game. He might have a food truck. So at the football game, he might advertise with the kid and then the truck shows up at the game. Is another way of creating, um, I guess you could say, business. But but the kid has to be careful because when you're associating your names, you know, you don't know if that person has done anything illegal. You don't know if the quality controls on the food. So if somebody gets sick and it starts creating these, what we call risk management issues. Right. So on the front end of just understanding intellectual property and trademarks and copyrights and all that, you know, they, they need to get online and just start Googling that, especially if they have a kid that's in the eighth grade that's getting noticed. Because right now, colleges are noticing these kids in the eighth grade. And the reason why is because they have these camps. And these camps, they're taking the data and they're tracking the kid along the way, tracking his grade, tracking his times and all that. And eventually, you know, a college coach will get with that guy and that guy shared that information with them. But it's his intellectual property that is going to be the first chance for them to do some type of business. And the parents have to be tight. And the kid can't just take money from anyone. And, and I can give you my own stories on that a little later, you know, which I think is going to be, you know, critical. So tell me a little bit about, like, the difference in the physical fitness. Now, just by me looking at, you know, football back when versus football players now it seems like that you know they focus a lot more on physical fitness uh can you expand a little bit on that especially because child i love the combine that's like one of my favorite parts this, of the season do this guy do this guy look like he fit <laughs> <laughs> well he looked pretty fit well, 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 well uh, yeah 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 don't worry about it. Now, out of all of the pictures, but 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 guess what, Tony? <laughs> on that picture, I'm the number one player in the world, hey. and I whoop the two people's ass at a time. So you can talk hey. all that you want. It wasn't, it wasn't no doughboy. Hey, hey! From what I read, hey. it take like two to three people to take you down, brother. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, man! You, you, that, that's one thing. Hey, 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 man! Yeah, that's one thing that you. You don't ever ever have to tell nobody else that because those that know they know. Just hand them, just hand them your resume, okay? You plugging uh, no, 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 no. That's okay with super. That's all right. You know I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my hands on him when I see it. <laughs> yeah, I could I could let that go by. I have to a little shade yeah. that time. Right. Yeah. He's hey, 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 look here, super. Now, boy, you know that ain't the picture I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He wants me to post That's that all right. He, we see all the photos in the back, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So tell me the difference. Is there a difference in the workout? Is there a difference in, like, the nutrition? Is I mean, is yeah. it more tailored? Is it... So expound yeah. on that a little, because I've always wondered. Well, I tell you, you know, the, the game itself has changed in technology, nutrition, and the way that players are actually monitored through a year. You know, 
during our time, we had an off season for real. Whereas when the season was over, we go home and you might lay down a good month before you start working out again. Now these guys work out year round. Um, and and in doing that, it, it actually allows the, the kids to grow different. It allows them, in a nutritional standpoint, definitely to be a lot leaner than we were. Mm-hmm. You know, then there's some, there's some things. It, it, during the era when I came in, you know, steroids was an issue, right? So a lot of the guys that were real big guys and stuff, you know, and I'm not going to say a lot, I'll say some definitely use steroids, whereas now guys are more natural with supplements and the things and, and steroids is banned. So now you have a, a what I would consider a more holistic type athlete where he into a look, you take like the gemstones stuff yeah. that, you know, we wear those now because it helps the lines and stuff and it actually, you know, has those healing properties. You know, guys have become educated in that. And then as it relates to nutrition, you know, um, we would have nutritionists that would come in and speak. But now it's, you know, the game is such where guys can have that individual nutrition. Now, one of the things that I will tell you that was very different than when I played um, on our training table is one thing. But during the year, we would have lunch that would be brought in and it would be Kate. It might be Italian one time. It might be Chinese another. It might be soul food. And it was just bringing in, you know, the local business and stuff. Now, when I was at the Lions facility, they have their own cafeteria, their own nutritionist. They have a, a food cart set up and it's set up just like, um, I would say a, a restaurant like, um, Kind of buffet style. What is what is it called? Golden Corral. Kind of how they have their veggies and stuff set up. But what they do is they put a color code on each item, and based on your on your meal plan, if you get a green code, you can only eat the stuff that have green. Stop it. Yeah, they have real specific like that, and then like in the like the juice bars and stuff, they have all these. Um, recipes and they have the ginger, turmeric, everything. I took a picture of all of that just so I would have the recipes and stuff because wow. a lot of it is a part of the recuperating and things like that. So so in that respect, yes, it is more advanced but again, it's also with the wave of how people have become more conscious in their health exactly. and, and not eat as much you know, preservatives and they things have, like that. They didn't have pork on there because Tony that that, that's Tony Mill Blend. You you rarely see pork. <laughs> yeah, and it maybe bacon, you know, and oh, that bacon okay. bitch, you know, uh, bacon in, on the breakfast thing, but it but it's gonna be turkey bacon there too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also see that um, you have some media projects, um, YouTube podcast. Talk talk to us a little bit about that. Well, yes. Um, well, that's a couple things. Um, one, I'm actually uh, a part of what's Lee's Network. It was actually created by some gentlemen that actually created the NFL Network and what we have are about 32 podcasts with former NFL players as hosts. I actually am the host for the Detroit Lions podcast that comes on on Wednesday. Uh, in my personal capacity, I'm actually developing uh, – my own content 
Um, awesome. My, my kids and family, you know, they've been asking me to do some things for years. I just, I've kind of shied away from just the whole social media thing. I only have up until a couple of weeks ago when I actually signed with this deal, I only had Facebook, LinkedIn. Now I got them all and going to start dropping some content, but it's a lot of stories that I'm going to share. Awesome. Uh, some things that I've done over the years and stuff. I've already been actually for the last, I guess you say six months, been actually capturing video of some intimate conversations. I'm gonna have, and, and mine is going to be a little bit more uh, well-rounded. It's not going to be sports-specific. We're going to deal in culture, business, politics. Awesome. You know, current <laughs> events, and you know, we're gonna talk with a lot of people in a lot of intimate ways. And stuff. I've got some stuff already in the can. I'm gonna do a little fragrance review in it as well. You know, I'm a okay. big fragrance guy. Oh, Even yeah. though I'm a big guy, I smell good, brother. <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear. But, but so in that, you know, that that's one of the things that you know we're gonna be pushing forward definitely in that. Well, you should, you will, you'll definitely have a lot to talk about. I see that you're a Renaissance man. I'm keep I continue to go through your bio. It is jam packed with so many interesting facts. I can barely get through a paragraph. So you're a jack of all trades. So oh, I don't know be pretty interesting. Well, you know, one of the things is that you know exposure, you know, has a way of you know broadening one's perspective. You know. And some of what I look to do in content and sharing is actually taking some things that are true life lessons and, and sharing it with those that might not be exposed, especially, you know, some of the things that are, are rarefied, you know, and it can be from, you know, meeting presidents of countries to actually, you know, doing business with some of the top corporations in, in the world, actually. You know, I have a lot of stories and stuff, and 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 I've and I'm gonna tell stories of, of mistakes that I've made too. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times guys that are in opposition that you know get some notoriety, you know, it's good. You know, we can tell the positive, but we got to tell the bad too. Absolutely, it's a great we're balance. Not, we're not, yeah, and we wouldn't be giving them, you know, the, the facts of it. You know, Absolutely. I've had some experiences there just growing up in Beaumont, you know, and, and Tony, you're from Jasper, so I, I know you understand Southeast Texas, but as a kid in Beaumont, Texas, you know, there's a, there's some things that, you know, clearly you know should be different. And, and when you leave out of that area and you start, you know, experiencing the world in a different, you know, progressive mindset, and then you start looking at some of the things that are self-inflicted, you know, that and it's only self-infliction because they don't know about it. Absolutely. And then in some cases, you know, it's because they hadn't stretched them, you know. And, you know, I remember back in the day when Mel Farr came and spoke at the Hebert Mass Reunion. And during this time, Mel Farr was actually, you know, he had the largest African-American business in America doing $500 million a year. Wow. And I remember that Mel Farr was sharing his perspective of 
how he lived and how he pursued things mentally and how he was thinking about it. And, you know, and he was talking in third person, but the way that the people heard it, it, it they looked at it as he was being grandiose, he was being narcissistic, he was actually being self-absorbed. But I've heard him make the same speech to other people and they didn't receive it that because they heard a man that was sharing some inspiration. And, and I think when, when it came down to how that was received, I always in my mind as a athlete said, I want to make sure that I'm heard properly. Mm -hmm. and, and being able to speak to, I guess you would say, some of the things that are critical that can help our own people. Some of the exposure of what he said, I learned as a man, he was telling us the exact thing that we needed to hear. And that there was some self-reliance, that self-get up, there's a, a, a self-check that we have to have within ourselves. And, and the only reason why I pointed to that particular statement is because it, it goes toward a mentality of how we receive information. You know, sometimes you take a guy like myself and um, people will make the characterization and say that I think I'm better than others. It's not that I think I'm better than others. It's that I have an exposure and I have a knowledge base that allows me to make better decisions. So rather than come and deal in some of the foolishness that they hadn't grown beyond, okay, I take a path. You know, but when it comes to things that I've experienced, like, you know, when I was in college and in the pros and our phone being tapped because, you know, people in the community was threatened that I was coming in to create, you know, a, a, a rebellion almost. Even around the Durley camp, I had to go over there and, and, and sit with people. And they literally telling me that if I wanted to do a camp, I should have came to them. They wanted me to do the camp at Westbrook. And I'm like, we trying to work in our community and make sure our kids can get there. They can walk to the bar. They can walk to people. They can get on their bikes. But they can't track across over to Westbrook. How are we going to get them? You, they wasn't going to provide buses. But when we're advocating and making decisions for our community, it's important that we all understand where we're all coming from in the park, the agenda, and what the objective is. So when I look at being able to just come back, and, and I've done business in both, you know, some of the things that I'm going to tell in the YouTube aspect of it, I'm going to talk some of my business experience. You know, I had never been sued till I came back to Boma. You know, I had $60 million worth of dirt off for 300 off for 365 and I couldn't get but one African-American to buy dirt. One. But then Total came and bought, Recon came and bought, and all the big firms came and bought, and I went into the community. I sent people into the community to tell them, hey, look, Here's an opportunity where I'll sell you the dirt, and the dirt had already been tested and graded, and it was the best dirt in Jefferson County. But they run the Rose City. Now, the reason why I make that point is because even in sharing the information, it's really about when we're talking about 
helping each other see a brighter day, you got to talk about sustainability and how we get. So there's, you know, that macro perspective and then there's the micro. And what I've tried to do in my life is focus on the micro and get out of the macro conversation because that's where the distraction is. That's where the inconsistencies are. And that's where the things that you really can't control. Right. So will you be going over and reviewing some of that? I see a book here that it's good and the bad. So are you highlighting some of those topics within that book? Are you the author of that book? Yes. uh, I've actually been working with uh, a writer for now nine months on a book. And when I started disclosing to them, just my life, you know, uh, from growing up in Southeast Texas with parents that were business owners, you know, uh, you know, and when I say business owners, like my family, we owned the Hollywood Drive-In or what they call the stand, which was right next to American Darling Bath. That's a family business. You got to tell know. me where that is, Mr. Ball. Well, well, this is over in Silver City off of Hollywood. <laughs> Silver City. Yeah. Across the street from Hollywood yeah. Village, yeah. baby. <laughs> Court number three. <laughs> yeah. But 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 in that, but also my my grandfather, you know, and, and his sons and brothers all working on the railroad. But we also had a business where we cleaned the railroad cars for Southern Pacific, Georgetown, Steel, and Bethlehem. And at 18, that business was given to me. So while I was at college, I had a business that was actually hiring people in our neighborhood, but the business was 36 years old. Wow. You know, so so just from that perspective, it kind of geared toward the things that I became, I guess you say, more in tune with, which was the entrepreneur business side of, of life. Uh, but playing ball, you know, the story of what happened in high school is, is going to be in it. Um, the, the aspects of, you know, honestly, you know, the, the tapping of our phone, uh, some of the things I went through at SMU, you know, that was connected, whereas we were actually in, we were in a investigation that actually had me sitting in Chicago in front of a federal grand jury. And it was dealing with a booking agent that had taken money from the Gambino family. And they had came out and signed all all Americans. So while I'm down there in Florida on the all American team, me, Chris Carter, Cornelius Bennett, this is about 11 of us that already signed with this guy. Well, this becomes a real big issue, you know, but that was something that uh, that was a lesson. And that was one that I'm going to share with the kids because this is, you know, guy come in the room flashing the cash and stuff, you know, shit. I'm like, I got a baby I need to take care of. Shit, give me that. You know, I signed it. Next thing you know, we're going around the country and I'm telling you the FBI and everybody, every phone call, um, every trip. Every concert, when the Budweiser Superfest will come in, man, we'll call and say, hey, give us 40 tickets and then send a guy to go there and and get the tickets and stuff. And he sell them and give us the money. They had all that. So in that perspective, you know, but I would tell you one of the, the, the real lessons 
you know, that I learned is that, you know, loyalty can change everything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you guys a story about loyalty. You know, the weekend I got drafted, uh, it was either on a Friday or Friday. It had to be on a Friday I got drafted, but I ended up being in Detroit on Saturday. I came back from Beaumont on Sunday. And um, I get back and I get with my friends and super, you know the guys I ran with, DC, yeah. uh, <laughs> all of, you know, you you know the guys. Yeah. So while they're in a club, back then the club was called Hoochie Coos. While I'm in Detroit, uh, one of our friends get into a fight. Three guys on one side and he over there on one side fight four guys. So when I come back, they telling me about it. I'm like, well, who is this? Who is this y'all fighting? You know, who? And then they tell me who, who the guys are. These guys were from Lamar, but they were from Houston. So I, I go pick up everybody. And I'm like, we're going to deal with this. I got them in the car. I mean, I'm telling you, again, this is the good and the bad. This is the stuff most people don't want to tell you. But I'm going to tell it because it's, it's the truth. So I get them, and we find the guys over there, right there by the track at some apartments. You know, those apartments that was near the track. So the girl that had the apartment, you know, as soon as we come in, and I'm like, okay, who are they? Point them out. And all four of them in one room. And the girl's like, oh, don't tell my place. Don't tell my place and stuff like that. And like, okay, like y'all come on outside. We're going to deal with this. And, um, I ain't gonna lie, I, I, I was packing my, my, my little piece, and when we shut the door, I turned around, kicked the door, the guy started jumping out the window, I go back to my wife's house, mother-in-law house at the time, and I'm just sitting there like, it ain't nothing that happened, and, and then my wife comes over, she hands me a call, she say, uh, this officer say, if you don't call, <laughs> they gonna come get you. Now, I just got drafted 36 hours before. All right? So when they talk about kids making mistakes and stuff, I, I did that dumb dumb stuff too. But I'm telling you about it because I, it, it's that type of thing that could change the whole dynamic of everything in my life. Because I want to be loyal, or better yet, I want to make sure the ones that was in there are going to fight. Because it was four against one. So on some some young, immature bullshit. Just be honest with you. But that's in the book and things like that. So, you know, I'm going to tell. It's going to be some things that's going to be shocking to people that don't know. But it's going to be the truth. You know, and, and let me just say this so that, you know, even your audience can understand. You know, I try to live a principal life. I'm not the same guy that I was in my 20s, you know, and, and, and it's some real, I got a simple covenant with God that I live to. And, you know, there's a, a one principle that say that of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and the just. All right. I try to be righteous and just in everything that I do. And because of that and because the things that I've learned and the exposure and stuff, I want to share, but I also don't want, I don't want to take the abuse because of someone else's, um, I'm not going to say shortcomings, but 
someone else's willingness not to stretch themselves in a way that they get the best out of their life. We all have gifts and talents. And what I try to do is enrich other people's lives. I'm not trying to knock anybody down. I want to build. So when I would come home, just being in Beaumont, you know, it would be so much that I see to do, but I'm one person, you know? And then, you know, Southeast Texas, you know, we got some need. Is he frozen? No. No, I just stopped. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I would say, wait a minute. I have no other thing. But Jerry, before we move on to another uh, topic here, uh, uh, I also tagged uh, a group, and is and I'm very concerned about this group. I could I tag online social media. We have a, there's a group called uh, Beaumont Four. You're breaking up, Tony. Uh, we have a group in Beaumont, a tag on social media on Facebook called Beaumont 411, and I tagged them because it's mostly uh, BISD, the students of BISD that's uh, um, that's that's listening and watches this show, and I wanted to, uh, you to tell them what they, just something that help, something that to help the parents and that child um, right now that's coming through school and, 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 and colleges are, are, are recruiting and things they need to know. But in a, a short two-minute version of this, could you just forewarn them about something that they need to know? I, I would tell you one of the biggest mistakes that I'm hearing from friends of mine that are coaching at college is that kids have gotten into this, how many letters I've gotten, who's contacted them. Listen, because of the transport portal, where a kid can be at a college and go to another college now pretty easy. Colleges now aren't looking for the high school kid to be the first choice. Now they're looking in the transport in, 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 in the transfer portal to get the kids and they're going to the junior college more so. So now where you might have had 12, 13 freshmen now you might have six freshmen get scholarship and those other scholarships are going to a kid from another school or going to someone in a junior college. So what I'm saying to the parents and the kids is this. Once you understand what your kid actually wants to do outside of football, and if he's got multiple offers, look at the school that might offer that in the curriculum. Then the second and most important thing, I think, is going somewhere where you think you can actually play. You know, a lot of times because you might be a five-star athlete, but you go line up in Alabama, you're actually just one of 100 five-star athletes because all of them are four and five stars. Right. Now, the four and five-star system, people also got a lot vested in that. Listen, at the end of the day, the kid still has to go out there and perform. And parents, you know, as much and as hard as it is, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to let that kid make that decision because he's going to have to be or she is going to be the one that has to do the work and walk it out. So just don't sit around 
waiting, you know, and I'm not saying if you're in a junior, you got to commit, but I'm saying by the time it's getting to the senior's time to commit, he should be committed before it gets there, before that scholarship is actually taken from you. All right. Derek, um, well, let's talk a little bit about nonprofit and the community, our community here in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, you and I have, have had some discussions, uh, and, and it's very interesting discussion. And, Ben, I tell you, you have blown me away uh, by your wisdom. And um, let me tell you, I, and, you know, I watched you grow up, and uh, and I was always the super, you know. But, Dad, I tell you, <laughs> you have uh, uh, impressed me with your uh, wisdom on a lot of other areas in that we can profit in our community. Well, you know, I would say again, you know, going to the principal, but also going to understanding that we all have gifts and talents, more importantly, how those gifts and talents tie into our purpose. You know, as I was growing, Tony, I used to think, you know, my purpose in life was that I was going to build churches. I mean, literally, cathedral. But as I began to walk and, and understand the word and, and really focusing on where my talents and gifts were, even though I was getting the skill set knowledge to do it, um, I found that my real gift is to be one that builds ministries, but it's really as a transfer agent. You know, and one of the things that when I first started looking at the whole nonprofit piece was when the faith based initiative came in under George Bush. During that time, I was doing some work with J.C. Watts, and J.C. was one of the people that President Bush had actually brought in to deal with the AIDS impact during that time, and I think it was about $10 billion that they were putting in. So I started getting to understand how GPOs and nonprofits work, and then started looking at it as being a vehicle that I could use to actually go in and help in communities build sustainability. And, and in looking at the NFL, as even though I was retired, you know, I, I'm still called on in some capacity when guys have some issues that I might be able to sit in on and, and bring some knowledge and perspective on. But as they begin to, you know, try to deal with the cold and copper neck and they start dealing with the JC issue, you know, right about that time was when we had really formed up what our purpose was, and it was to really create an equality nonprofit. And, and the equality nonprofit isn't just based on the uh, uh, African American or uh, brown agenda. It was really about inclusion, you know, being able to understand how to go to corporations and enact and, and, and transact with them, whereas they can take some of their money that they have sitting there and redirected into communities if we bring to them the proper platform, proper structure, the, the, the right accounting and things that really matter. So I started going around the NFL talking to other players, but also talking to people in, in some of the administrative positions on teams and telling them what I wanted to do. And then start talking to some of my NBA buddies and stuff and entertainers. And, and, and the, the, at the cusp of it is what I'm looking to do is create an incubator nonprofit that actually goes into communities and foster relationships with the local 
advocacy groups that I might already exist in the city. You know, let's say if we're talking Beaumont, we go to the north end, south end, west end, east end. We we find the advocacy groups. We we allow them to communicate into us what the needs are. And and, and let me explain why that is critical. You know, when you're a player and you're going into a market that doesn't, it's not your home. You know, I go to Detroit. You know, I can drive around and see some things, lightedness and, and some of the things that the people are saying, but we actually don't know what you need in that community. So what I started doing is telling players and organizations, I said, hey, we got to approach this a little different. I said, how about if we were to go out in a non with a nonprofit and the nonprofit is supported by corporations and and local businesses, and we go out and take the nonprofits that have problems communicating or producing documents or, or writing grants and we help bridge. Them. But the way that we bridge them is not to really put them in any type of isolated function, but to put it in a cooperative in the same way that you would have as a think tank, you take the, the people in the advocacy group that might want to do after school nutrition in the North End. And then you got another group that might be on the South End that want to do after school. But you might fill out one application for a grant that this one qualifies for, where rather than just fill out one, we fill out all for four. So now we got someone filled it out in the North, South, East, and West, and if two get it, then they share the resources to build these sustainable programs. And then, you know, we started looking at and talking with, you know, some key people that are, you know, I would say leaders in our community. Uh, we started looking in areas, you know, you take like technology and coding, you know, one of the things that, you know, we feel can be a very advantageous thing for our kids is to introduce them to coding. Now we can talk STEM, but we need to also show STEM and coding in the same capacity and give our kids some direction because that's where we have to start really focusing, I guess you say the next generation. One of the things that we did in, in creating some of, you know, what we would call our program is we also went to some of the federal agencies to understand where some deficiencies were in certain areas. You know, and it could be from youth at risk, it could be elderly care. And and instead of, you know, being a nonprofit that actually focused specifically in one area, we wrote the bylaws so that instead of having to come back and attach it, we would always be able to be active in a community because it's a broad approach and it's not looking for one nonprofit or one individual to carry the load. It becomes a cooperative. And then we start going to the corporations and the banks. Uh, one of the things that we don't know in our community and why other nonprofits can launch and all of a sudden, you know, they got a half a million and a million dollars is because those corporations enter into what's called a sponsorship mentor program. And that's where they will come in and bring the accounting and, and all the best practices to the table and they're helping you build that infrastructure. And then eventually after you get to a certain level, they hand you that nonprofit because now they sponsored you to a, a, a certain level. 
So we're going to use some of that strategy. We're also going to go to banks where you have, you know, we put our deposits in. Most people don't know that a bank lends 10 to 1. So if you put in $100, they're going to lend $1,000 off of your $100. So if we go to corporations and we're able to get them to commit to an annual pledge or commitment to this program, if it's $200,000 and we go to the bank and we say, okay, we're putting 200 in your bank. Okay, that's 2 million that you're gonna lend. Well, we want you to lend 50% of that back to someone that might be going through our credit enhancement program. It might be a young lady that wants to start, uh, uh, what is it, a beauty, beauty shop, or a young man that might want to do hot shot, you know? And we help bridge those things so that we can create some sustainability, but everyone that comes through makes the same contribution. So that's really kind of what in the context of my philanthropic area and focus is. And that's what I'm attempting to do. Uh, and, and, I, and I will say this, and I know I'm long-winded, you know, most of what I actually picked up when I was down there in the Beaumont Port Arthur area actually came in 2000, 2004, 2005, when an elected official was over here in Houston and he said, hey man, we got these expansions coming, you know, it's an opportunity. I said, yeah, I said, but you guys not ready. And the reason why I said it wasn't ready is because I was already dealing in the minority supplier-based businesses in major cities and kind of understood where the process was. And in 2005, Jefferson County didn't even have anything on this charter, in its bylaws, that any of the work that was being done with those expansions that minorities would have to either get the contracts or the job. So that's when I really first started trying to make change and then started reaching out to nonprofits because they start saying that guys couldn't pass the drug test or that they didn't have the skill set. And then I was like, man, we need a nonprofit that can come into here and, and deliver some of these services. We recruited a guy. He came in and he delivered, you know, some of it, but it still wasn't a whole solution. So the nonprofits, if we start, one, recognizing that nonprofits are functioning as corporations, and it's a way, another way of getting access to resources to build our community and business. And we use it in the same way that they use it. You take Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, each giving each other 20 billion to their nonprofit. You know, that was strategic. We need to do some of the things. Athletes make strategic contributions to each other's nonprofits so that we all get the benefit of the tax laws, as Donald Trump said. You know, under the law, <laughs> you know, but yeah. but long short, you know, it, it's important. I think that's one of the ways that we can definitely get our community to move forward. Okay, I hope some, some folks that's listening and watching can take some notes and see what we can do to make progress in that area. Absolutely. Here in, yeah, here in this area. Well, Francis, let's go to our last and last spill here we have with, with Jerry Ball. Uh, and uh, it, it's just great to have you here, Jerry. Just to, to hear your hear your uh, how you break it down to us. Okay, so Francis, 
So we've got politics and finance. I see you you already kind of touched on that, but if you could expound a little bit more about um, the tax abatements and the corporate citizens investment. And I think you were kind of chiming in on that already. So, Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, I didn't, that is a good segue. He, here's one of the things that, you know, I, I want our community, people of Golden, of the Golden Triangle to know is that that particular area strategically is important to our national security. You know, so when we're talking in the scope of those refineries and the things that's going on with that, none of them can pick it up and just move. And I remember in the period of time in the early part when they were going through the abatements and things like that. And if I'm not mistaken, in that first motive of Valero total expansion, it was $2 billion that was given as taxable. Now, again, you know, these are corporations that's making major investments that are leading employers in the area. I get it. But then in less than 12 months, they come back and issue a bond to renovate the schools in Beaumont and then in Port Arthur. So now you got about a billion plus in renovating of schools that is being done also at the behest of what industry is asking. Because during the time while I have this dirt pit, I'm also owner of a pipe valve and fitting company and I'm the first minority to develop two Motiva. And Motiva leadership and some of the industrial roundtable, which I don't think most people know in that area that there's an industrial roundtable. I know the stew people do, but some people don't, had asked me if I would like to be an ambassador and go out and help the community get prepared for the work. Because again, they was addressing it on the basis of Guys won't pass the drug test. They won't go to trade schools and all of those things. But in those abatements, the one thing that was never defined in it was that the people that actually pays the taxes would get the jobs or have an opportunity at those contracts. And because of that, that became a real stickler that became very politicized between it was a Ron Walker issue and I would say our community. And the thing that I found very disheartening about it is this, is that Ron Walker, even though he represented the West End, was the county judge that actually put in the content for minorities to participate in the Jefferson County expansion, the first and the second, and the one that people are benefiting from right now. He's the one put that language in there because it didn't exist before he was elected judge. Now, the reason why I say that is because I had intimate conversations with him telling him, like, hey, listen, it's our community that's paying a, a large bit of this taxes. I mean, put off this predominantly African-American, Beaumont is predominantly African-American. Those projects, the top projects are in Beaumont and Port Austin. So when they start talking about 
you take the water rate. It ain't the citizen using the water. The refineries are the ones that's using the water, but the rates that we pay in Jefferson County are the highest in the state of Texas. Wow. All right. So when you start looking at here, we've given $2 billion in the tax abatement to the corporations for jobs, but the jobs are going actually to people that's a part of the Southeast Texas regional plan. And that's nine counties. That's not just Jefferson County. So from the Southeast Texas regional planning perspective, now jobs are going to Harden, to Chambers, and, and outside of Jefferson County, but the taxes are being paid by the local people. Hmm. So that's a disconnect right there. Very okay? much so. So, when, so as one that is in those rooms and, and, I'll, and I'll just say exactly how I'm able to communicate is because when these guys start making the decisions that they were going to do an expansion, one of the problems that they had is that they couldn't recruit talent in here because when the wife come down and she goes to the school and they look at the ratings and they start looking at the area, the amenities to attract those high skilled people wasn't attractive enough. Mm-hmm. So then it started becoming, we got to improve the schools, and then we need to get these guys up on the, the labor issue. Well, what it became was is that the good faith aspect of it, as they say, a good faith effort, but they never really had any intention. I had a business down there, and I just, and I don't want to make it personal and, and divulge a lot of mine, but I'll say this. I had a $2 million line of credit at one of the local banks. And one day they called me and told me that they were canceling my line of credit. But the only reason they was canceling my line of credit is because they knew I was using the line of credit to execute that 20 million cubic yards that I had over there off of 365 that was worth $60 million. And one of the bank board people wanted that property. So they play that heavy down. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, when we start looking at, you know, all of the issues that's related to roads, infrastructure, and things that large trucks tear up, you know, the taxpayers pay for. I think that, you know, the elected official in Beaumont and Port Arthur need to sit down and come up with something that can be comprehensive because right now I see Beaumont and Port Arthur as cities kind of with some of the same issues. But to me, you know, again, when you look at Mid County, Mid County, you know, they kind of go in line. But when it comes to Beaumont and Port Arthur, it's kind of like, you know, we're sitting there with the biggest tax burden, but we have the least to say in these processes and how these investments are being made. So I just say in some of the political world that, you know, we live in that, you know, it's going to take some courage, you know, and it's going to take some resources, you know, and I think, you know, in, I think they said by 2030, that's probably going to be about, 40 to $70 billion spent in that area. 
Wow. So even with that, you know, being able to take those resources, you know, and, and this is kind of one of the areas that I I, I can't why I say I, I'm kind of you know, upset with, you know, when we were coming up, Super, you remember this, or oh, let me call you Tony, I don't want to call you Super. <laughs> when, when we were coming up, we had Little League Baseball, we had football. Little League Football, and this was being funded by people like Donaldson Powell, John Heber, uh, Leroy Patterson, Coach Warner, Shaq, you know, and it's others. And they work with the coaches, and these guys are in the refinery. But they always had a safe haven for the kids to play. We could play football, then we would go play baseball. Matter of fact, baseball was so prosperous behind LL Mint, they had two leagues. All right. right. That's right. That's right. So so when you look at here's these men that actually have less to work with. And they made it happen. And I don't mean we had one football team. No, we had a league. Didn't have one baseball. We had a league. And in doing that, the one thing that we recognize is that there was a commitment to the kids. When I look at some of the things that's happened with the wires, and I don't want to, you know, get on this soapbox, but I got to admit, you know, when I had the dirt pit, I had actually taken dirt out of the, the, the dirt pit, and I had put in an infield, I had brought some workers down, had started fixing the uh, concession stand, because I wanted the kids to try to, you know, get back to playing baseball. We had honored Coach Clayton before he passed uh, at the pool. And guys like John Eldridge, you know, who I can tell you is, you know, a great guy out there in the community. You know, we were trying to see how we could bring it back. But again, it takes more than one person. And then we have this, this here backbiting way that if it's me, somebody don't want to be involved because it's nothing I've done. It might just be the perception of what somebody may have said that's untrue. Yeah. All right. So so we got to get out of this Harry High School nonsense. These are our kids. This is our community. And if we wanted to be what we're saying we want to be or what we see in social media, that means we got to do the work. And if we're not going to do the work, then don't complain. It's like a person that won't vote, but want to complain about all the issues. You know? So I, I do believe that the community needs to really pay attention to those tax abatements. Every time a project, they need to, they need to go to the, the city council's meetings. They need to go to the county meetings, the county commissioner's meetings. They need to be involved because that's where decisions are being made. And I tell you, when I'm in those rooms, I don't see you. You know, and, and that's disappointing because my kids are not all my kids are out of school, but I don't have a kid here. But I have family here and my love is here. You know? Now, but if you coming to me with they say or uh, that gossip and all that, I'm going to move away from you because that don't build. That normally tears down. But anyway, that's my two cents. 
Jared, thank you again, man, for joining us tonight. We've just had a great time listening to you, and 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 we 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 hit on topics that just you know, like we hit about your career and highlights and your notable uh, recognition uh, of your bio, your your family update. We talked about sports, the modern day sports, uh, the modern modern day athletes because they are they're different and they are new. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I really wanted you, and, and I'm glad you did to, to to really bounce off 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 the wall on some things that parents and young kids today that's playing sports need to know, mm-hmm. be educated, uh, because you know sports now is a business, real it's business. You know, it's a big business. You know, Jerry, I used to lie and tell everybody all the time. You know that you took a cut and pay when you. Graduate left SMU and got drafted with the Detroit Lions, you know, because you got paid more to SMU than you got paid. <laughs> man, we on a cash and care basis, man. Yeah, cash man. And care hey, man, Jerry, I remember one time I came to visit you one weekend. You remember that weekend I kept and you and you picked me up from the airport and you got on the phone. You had a, you had a big old box and a telephone. Cell phone. That was the first cell phone I ever saw yeah, in my yeah. life. <laughs> we had nobody to call because nobody else had a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull them downtown. <laughs> we'll, we'll pull up downtown in downtown Dallas, and I want to show off. I picked the phone up, and act like I'm talking to somebody. It wasn't nobody on that phone. I want people to see it. Oh, they got yeah, yeah, nobody is yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's the back of the day. Book the good and the bad, which I really want a copy of that. And I want everybody to know about the book, the, the good and the bad. And uh, we, we got to uh, let us know about the book signing. Yeah, the book signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, matter of fact, we might do the live book signing for you. That would be nice. Yeah, yes, right. Hey. Yeah, we, yeah, I know you like that. I, I'm with it. All right. <laughs> and uh, we talked about uh, our community, the nonprofit, what we need to know and how to get involved in nonprofit organizations and how to make that money move. See, a lot, a lot of them don't know how to make that money move. But I tell you, when they turn this, when they get these shapkas off of me, I'm going to show them how to make that money, okay? Come on. <laughs> so, don't get uh, it. Yeah, and and also politics and finances. This is things that they, you know, that that I major in, and and that I love to teach it. I love to educate those with it. And some of the problem we have in here in this area is that, and I'll be honest, I have to say it like it is. They, when I say they, you know who I'm talking about. They want us to know how to manage finance. No doubt, not at all. And, and no this doubt, is why, this is why my hands have been tied now. But once I get loose, I'm gonna we're gonna blow it up. But anyway, Gary, I appreciate you. You've been great, man. And and I'd like to invite you back again. And we're gonna do this again. And Francis, I let you close as I love. Well, again, Mr. Ball, it was a pleasure speaking speaking with you tonight well, and chatting yeah. with yeah. you. Right. What, what and, time? You know, well, I you know I'm going to show off a little bit, uh, Jerry, with some of his people here at the Rainbow okay. Push. Rainbow Push, uh, Jesse Jackson, and and uh, isn't that uh, that's Isaiah uh, Isaiah Thomas, right? Oh, He's in there, right, right, and uh, yeah, my my man Schumer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you know Jared. I guess we use up in New York. Yeah, yeah, that's at a legislative meeting. We were dealing with 
some discrimination issues in trying to come up with some language. So we had a little sidebar. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Man. I'm glad you're all involved in that. Also, Jerry, I, I'm apologize to you, Jerry, because see, I def the first time I was just throwing some shade on you, but I, I want everybody to know, and I want Francis to know that you was the man. All right, you was the man. That was the man. Uh, now. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That, that's the man. Now you know. Hey, look here. Hey, hey, Francis, that ain't gonna stop me from putting them hands on him. <laughs> you know how that go. He done already drew blood. <laughs> That's the man right there. Look, look, you got me over here crying. Oh. <laughs> That's the man. That's the man. That's the guy I knew. All right. All right. Everybody. All right. That's the man. It's all Not, good. But you know, it's all good, cuz. But I remember this one. I, I just have to go back to I remember that one. <laughs> Hey man, I, I look, look, yeah. look huh? on that picture. I must have got some gumbo or something. <laughs> but you plugged up the hole. You plugged up that. You plugged up every hole that time. But you hey, know, all you know, good. And I tell the kids all the time. You know, football is totally different today. Yeah. Uh, in my era, uh, in football, you play football in the fall, and you got a job in off season. Exactly. Right. When Jared M come in, I guess you come in in eighty five. When did the contract? When that contract changed in eighty nine? Oh, in eighty nine. So no, you're talking about the uh, Reggie White. Thing? Yes, yes. That was actually in ninety three. Ninety three, but eighty seven was we we struck in eighty seven and we right. reached the deal right. in ninety three. Right, because in your off season you. You uh you went home for a month or two and, and laid yeah. up on and, yeah. and, and, and chop and, and ate pork chops and chicken all the hey man look went, before you went back. Now we went to work. You see, yeah. the other thing, it's a whole different like my first year I made one hundred and five thousand dollars was my salary. Right. My sign up bonus was one hundred and twenty thousand. My dad at the railroad made more money. Right, that's right. I, I, so it wasn't that it wasn't that we was getting millions. I was just playing above my pay scale. That's right. right. <laughs> so that, that changed in '93 when the next country yep. came and the money. That's right. So, but then football. Changed. That's when it opened up. Right. That's when it opened up. Money. That's when the money started coming in. So. Yeah. But now, as a football athlete, football player. Uh, I don't care what you're doing. You're playing. You're gonna play professional football. It's twelve months out of a year. No mm. doubt. It is. You a don't have time for no side job or no all that old side hey. shit. You know, it's 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 twenty four. Hey, hours. listen. Huh? But but you know, but some of those kids. Well, I call them kids. I'm fifty six. But some of those athletes in that contract, they get a million dollars for working out. Hell. I'll damn go work out for a million dollars too. That's right. Shit. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. It's in, that's right. So we bounced off a lot of things. So I'm glad that we had you here, Jerry. And uh, you had the lasting words. You got it right now. <laughs> hey, well, listen, this is what I, I say to the Golden Triangle to our community. You know, we are great people that when we were the most oppressed, it seemed like we were the most open. Now that we have an opportunity with the advent of this cell phone that really has created infrastructure, we can do business anywhere in the world. We have an obligation to actually prepare our kids because just like with 
the Egyptians, and they created irrigation thousands of years ago. It was done so well that those actual scientific ways are being used and applied today. Some of the very things that we need in our community in this country is within people that's in our listening ear. But you got to push yourself and don't die. Die empty. Give everything that you can and leave it on top of the earth because the richest place on earth is the graveyard. And when our ideas, inventions, and all that isn't shared and left here on earth, it's a deposit that's never taken out of it. I just say we got to do what we need to do. All right. Appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you, Jerry and Francis. Thank you so much, Mr. Ball, for joining us tonight. As I was mentioning earlier, I have gained so much knowledge and just knowing that you played Jasper and they probably put a slight spanking on you makes it even greater. It makes it even richer. But thank you for sharing your expertise with uh, okay, now now you keep you you keep pulling me. We started this way and we go in this way. I keep telling you, we never lost to Jasper in anything. And matter of fact, we beat y'all one time in middle school, one hundred and three to five in basketball. Oh wow! Yeah, Jasper ain't more nothing but old boot town character for football. Don't do that. Don't do that. We from we from where, about, baby? Look, look, look here, they, they, football they, capital we, of the world. Come on, we changed them from the bulldogs to the kitty cats. That's right. <laughs> none of my people listening. Hopefully, none of my people listening. All right, my love. Thank you, everybody. All Thank right. you for watching. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, all, all, all current places. So we're everywhere. Thank you. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages.